little extra Lambo. Coming to you live from the palatial podcasting palace. Right here in South Hills, Spokane, Washington. It is blistering hot outside. This is not news to anybody in the Pacific Northwest. We are getting ravished. Ravished by the sun and the heat. Oh my God, it just will not leave. Not as hot as that beat, though. The sun. My goodness, man. You go outside and it's tough to breathe. It's 106 degrees out. You get down in the Tri-Cities area, Washington State, it's 115, 116 degrees. I love the memes that are out there. Loving the memes of the Mario Brothers and the sun's trying to kill you in that level of Mario 3. That's what we're in right now. Somebody beat that level, please, like Jumanji. It's bad. <laughs> it is so hot. I always wanted to move down to Arizona. Because I thought that'd be cool. And now I'm getting a taste of it. And I'm like, nah, good. This white boy does not do well in the heat. Uh, today's show, I'm complaining about the heat and everything that's going on there. Today's show, we have a friend of mine that I met. Oh, man, five years ago, six years ago, uh, Doug Kaplicki, uh, Cappy, is what we all call him on the ball field. Uh, he has coached, he has played, he has Pacific Northwest guy. He is motivational speaker, now author. We kind of talk about that in the podcast. You will love this podcast. Um, you can find him on Twitter at Doug Cap. So D-O-U-G-K-A-P at Doug Cap or LinkedIn, Doug Kaplicki. Uh, or Facebook, um, his uh, search him up on there as well. Uh, we talk about his journey in life. We talk about the motivational factors of him actually getting the book out and or getting the pen out and writing the book. Yeah, we talk about the the health problems that uh, kind of came from COVID and how it has motivated him. And it's a great story. So uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Um, little extra Lambo. Uh, we are, uh, we are, uh, putting out shows for you. So download that show, please give a five star review, download the show, subscribe, follow, do all that stuff that we ask you to do. It only helps us with the sponsors. So, uh, hot cast one, we've got a bunch of shows recorded. They are coming out. And then my favorite one, me and my son, Branyan. Uh, one pack, two pack, the baseball card podcast. Those coming out every Saturday morning. So look for that. We got a special July 4th one coming up and excited to have it on the airwaves. So, but, uh, this is a little extra Lambo. I give you none other than Doug Kaplicki. Hello, sir. 
Hey, what's up, dude? Um, I'm just sitting here waiting for your call, man. I've been waiting a while to call to uh, do this podcast with you. I know, man. I know, man. Are we live or what are we? Are no, we not no. on yet or what do we got? No, we're we're not live. I record it, edit it, and then uh, put it out on Fridays. Love it, dude. Awesome. Dude, it's so good to freaking, and I'll say this again on air, but man, it's good to hear from you, buddy. Yeah, it's been a while. I was kind of expecting to see the pigs out on the field this year, and then they chose to play 18, so. <laughs> I I know. I know, man. I Yeah, I was kind of shocked by that whole thing. I Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting, man. I mean, you know, this this cat, though, you know, I'm, I'm qualifying for 48 and playing in Phoenix and playing, like, with the 50s now, dude. That's, oh, that's really? My, that's where I'm at with my my liver and, and knees nowadays. Wow. You look really good for yeah, me, buddy. old. <laughs> you, you, you too, my, my, my catching friend, will uh, be there with the knees for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a scare on Saturday. Oh, yeah? Why? What I, happened? I thought I had a heart attack on Saturday. What? Yeah. I was what? by. I, we in were the in, game? in yeah, the game? Yeah. We were in the middle of the first inning, bottom of the first, two outs, and I got ready to sit back behind the plate, had to call time, just kind of walk around a little bit, and then I, you know, tried catching my breath, and my arm was going numb, and I could feel the pressure over my heart. So you know what yeah yeah and and so i just tried walking it off and then you know i was trying to tell up i'm i'm breaking down as i'm trying to talk because i'm scared right and yeah you got scared yeah, yeah. for and, sure and then get back to um you know get in the dugout take my jersey off take my chest protector off take the shins off and sit down and just you know just try to relax well, everybody's yeah. making me, everybody's making me, uh, you know, and I'm, I don't want to go because I don't want to leave my team hanging. <laughs> of course you're not because you're, <laughs> you're the ultimate dugout guy, dude. You're the, you're the ultimate baseball guy, dude. Uh, I love it. It's, hey, are we rec- we're recording right now, aren't we? Yeah, we're recording. No? Yeah, we're recording. I'll, I'll, okay, uh, cool. Cool, I'll cool. uh, okay. pick and choose okay. as Sorry. I go, but. I didn't mean to... Yeah, 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 sure. Um. So, so anyway, I got to the ER or I got to the, uh, the, the urgent care first. And then I got, went down to the ER, um, kept me overnight. They can't figure out why my arm went numb, but, uh, I, my blood pressure was really high, you know, and they said, obviously, and I, and I really haven't had high blood pressure. Um, right. and my, my cholesterol is high. So it was, you know, just a couple things that were, that were going on and the, but they don't understand why my arm went numb because I didn't, I didn't have a heart attack. What? Yeah. Was so, it like a, maybe a panic attack or something? It may be, maybe, I don't know, you know, a little bit of, were you, did, did you think you may, well, I'm glad you're okay. Maybe you got scared of like 48 year old, uh, left-handed hitters that usually hit singles, dude. I mean, maybe that was it, dude. It could have been. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know, I know those intense. I know our, I know our, our forearms are pretty intimidating, you know, those lefties. But no, that's not, dude. I'm so glad you're okay. That's a scare. That's like yeah. a serious scare, man. Yeah, you know, and I know I need to lose some wow. weight. I know I need to get in the gym and get some cardio in, and you know, start start lifting sure. some weights again. I mean, I, I, a lot of us are at you know at, at this age. Yeah. But yeah. it's it was just kind of a wake up call for me. So on Monday, I started eating better. Um, you know, I've been uh-huh. going to the gym, getting my steps in, not 
grabbing and the worst part for me is with traveling and you know this you go into every gas station everything is sitting right there snickers bar reese's bar it's right there yeah there's a breakfast sandwich so (laughs) now it's willpower yeah but uh Man, dude, that's scary. That's seriously scary. So you have like a follow-up or anything? Uh, yeah, I got to get one with my primary. Problem is my primary just yeah. retired. So now I've got to get another oh, primary. Oh, buddy. <laughs> so, dude, but, but we'll well, get it figured man, out. that's, that's scary. That's scary, man. Well, take, you got, you got some little, you got some, you got a family that's dependent on you. So make sure you're taking care of your health, brother. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that's what I was thinking of. You know, as I'm, as I'm walking into the dugout, I'm like, man, my, you know, my kids weren't there. They were with their mom. So they don't really know what had happened. Oh. And if they listen to the podcast, okay. they will now, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm all good kids. Well, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a potential teachable moment, but, uh, well, man, I'm, I'm glad you're good, man. You, uh, you're one of my favorite people in, in baseball and in, uh, in the Spokane region, man, you, uh, you got, you got. You're good. You're good people, my friend. I appreciate that. So are you, sir. That's why I'm having you on. Thanks. How how is your health? I appreciate it. You were, you were in the hospital there for a little bit too. I, I was, I, I was uh, locked. I was locked down for almost 35, 38 days. I had to got that first shot and, uh, first week of first week of, uh, March. And, uh, yeah, I was down, I was down for the count, man. I went in the hospital, got readmitted to the hospital and, and it was, it was, uh, it was the wake up call. You talk about wake up calls. You know, I, I basically was given, um, uh, right around mid March, they basically told me to kind of take care of my, my affairs and take care of the, you know, kind of, uh, look into talking to this attorney. And I'm like, what, like, wow. what are you talking about? So, being the the smart ass that you know I am, um, I I made the comment. This amazing doctor that we had there, he uh, he made the comment. He's like, "Hey, we're going to need to prepare you to kind of intubate you and put you potentially kind of in a modified coma to get your breathing under control." Because I couldn't breathe, man. It was it was really bad. I was at I was under twenty percent lung capacity just because I had I had the COVID, but I had pneumonia. I didn't really think anything of COVID until all that happens to you. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, of course I'm in the hospital, my baseball friends that I've grown up with. And, and then the guys that played college and a little bit of ball, you know, uh, post, you know, post college a little bit. And they're all over me. They're like, dude, you just, you're probably in spring training. They're like, seriously, they're like, really March madness. You're watching March madness and spring training. <laughs> you know, I was like, it was bad, but Basically, they gave me the kind of the last rights, and I was a little bit, you know, it was scary. Uh, And long story short, when he said, you know, take care of your affairs and take care of this, I'm like, whoa. And I made this comment with a tube kind of in my nose, and he's like, I said, so when you say affairs, like, am I needing help? Am I needing to contact my exes and this really amazing nurse that I had? She starts giggling, and she's like, she and she kind of looked at me, and she goes, you are like a funny illness person and i'm like what do you mean she's like she goes i think you just bought yourself 24 hours she goes if you're joking i think the doctor seriously is going to buy an extra day so he bought an (laughs) extra day and uh the luck of the luck of the irish and i I know you you, you'd like this the luck of the irish on uh, saint patty's day things kind of started to turn but i was still i was still below 50 percent capacity for almost three or four weeks with lung capacity so they i was I was in home care, in hospital, and a bunch of stuff. And I think, I think you and I, um, 
I think you and I uh, have a mutual buddy uh, in Jeff Williamson. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yes. Willie, uh, yeah, Willie, Willie was a phenomenal, you know, as baseball guys, he's a phenomenal guy. Um, Willie's a, a teacher and, and a coach and, and, you know, he owns batting cages and stuff, but Willie played for the Cougs and Willie reached out to me and he's like, buddy, I'm telling you, man, he goes, I don't know if you followed my, my Facebook, but he went through this and he had a good 30 to 40 day stretch. And, uh, he actually was pretty instrumental between him and, and several friends and prayers and some positive vibes throughout the area. Uh, you know, it was, it, it was, you know, just trying to get on your stomach and prone you, you literally go, regardless of your, your health, your stature or whatever, you go into athlete mode and you're like, I'm going to beat this. Like, I am not going to let this win. It's identical to like when you, so I don't think, I think honestly, like early days of being a baseball guy and, and a coach and a scout and all the things I was like, Holy cow. Like I literally had to go into that guy. And I don't think I would have survived if I didn't have the prayers and positive vibes and just kind of have that mental, that mental edge. So. Yeah, no doubt. And, and uh, you know, we, Willie and I, we've talked lots of baseball, lots of, you know, just yeah. life, you know, cause that's what I used to hit there all the yeah. time sure. uh, as a team getting ready for Arizona. We'd go down there and, and yeah, I mean, Willie's easy to talk to and he's always got a story to tell. So, so that was probably a good guy to have <laughs> in your corner right there. Yeah. Yeah, he was great, I, and I was super thankful that he reached out because he kind of gave me some guidance, and and uh, yeah, it was it was it was good, man. It was real good. So and so you're all yeah, good was, now, uh, though. It was, a little, it was a scary. Uh, you know, I'm I'm still only at like eighty percent. Um, I've got some scar tissue damage, which is a little scary because you can kind of be susceptible to some, to some stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, positive. I'm, I'm back at work. I'm back doing my thing, and um, you know, it's at least I'm I'm back to where I need kind of back to where I need to be for, you know, my, for my own kids. And, and, uh, but, uh, it was, you know, this is going on, you know, three or three or four months and you're, you know, three months in and you're still not fully well. It's like, and this stuff is for real. And I, I didn't, I was one of those people that didn't really, I didn't know if I didn't buy into it. I just didn't know how serious it was until you started seeing the death toll and you started seeing it impacting people close. Um, I lost a good friend, um, age 49, uh, he's a great PE teacher, phenomenal human uh, named Greg Halski. Uh, he's in the Yakima region, and uh, we lost him uh, in January. And so uh, his little family ended up reaching out, and they were instrumental in kind of helping my recovery. And and uh, I was super super thankful for them. And you know, it was I was saddened, completely saddened to lose somebody like Greg. But uh, there were moments where I think Greg was kind of a, a guardian angel, kind of helping helping me uh, flip over at night and trying to get get that lung capacity going. So, um, what was your family going through at that time? Were they worried for you? Were they? Yeah. Know, what, so what was what I were got, they going you know, through? I, yeah, you know, it was tough. I, I I have you know I have great family in France. I'm really super blessed to have the core of friends that I have and. I had a daughter that uh, was down in LA. She was going to her freshman year of uh, uh, college. She goes to CBU, which is Cal Baptist, and and she's down in the LA region. and And my son was, uh, you know, a junior trying to go through it, and it was it was scary, man. I mean, like you know, it's it's you don't want to show that side of yourself, but the thing is, is you don't you can't have visitors. You can't have you know. So some of those things were just tough. Now on the on the positive note, and maybe my friend could be a, a little bit right once i got in in home care i think i watched literally every 
spring training game on MLB Network. I was watching every March Madness basketball game. I mean, so there was there was the advantage, but you, you know, you you don't function. You're you're functioning and up. You know, you're up maybe four or six hours a day. I mean, you're not. You just your your energy is just shot. So. Yeah. And you and yeah, I had talked. Time, brother. You and I had talked earlier too, and you're like, "I'm, I'm right." We were we were talking, and you you were barely in the conversation. Yeah, I'm. I probably don't. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I yeah, I, I was probably not in the conversation, <laughs> right? So yeah, but it was yeah. You know, you you live and learn. You you start to figure out. You know what's important. Um, for me, I I, I actually. I've got uh, a pair of books kind of in the works, so I'm pretty excited about uh, launching launching a couple of uh, books in uh, at the back half of the year. I'll have one out, and then I'll have the other one out uh, close to January or February. And so uh, it did give me some opportunities to finally say, okay, enough is enough, you know, and start really restructuring. Kind of like what you said, like even with your own health, and I'm so sorry you went through that. I mean, like I started reprioritizing what I do in the morning. What's my morning routine? And, and you know that I, I did a lot of uh, motivational speaking at schools and stuff like that for a couple of years. I was on the road and was doing a lot of consulting. And I started having to reassess who I was in the morning. Like, what is my morning routine? And so I started putting in about 20 to 30 minutes a day writing. And I know you we, you and I were uh, teammates Um with uh, Mike Murphy, who's now become an author and, and kind of a famed author. I mean, he's, he's doing really, really well with some of his writing. And it's, uh, it, it's funny because, you know, being such a longtime baseball guy, I never admitted that I read a lot and I didn't, you know, want people to know I wrote. And so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, time's time. And, and I'm going to put something on paper to try to motivate people, help people and kind of go through that process. So you can, you can find Mike Murphy's books on MikeMurphyBooks.com. And uh, we did a podcast right. with him on the Hotcast One podcast, me and Albert, and we did we had two two episodes with Mike talking about his awesome. books, talking uh, about his talking about his journey. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, lots and uh, lots of stories. It. I would love, man, if we uh, once this thing gets out and about, man, I'd love to sneak back on here and just kind of promote it a little bit. Definitely. And uh, yeah, Mike, Mike was. Man, I, can you find somebody? I mean, like, I, I we would sit back and watch the Murph. Uh, he, what, he was chucking it at 67, 68 years old in those leagues. And I was just like, this guy's awesome. I don't, I mean, he was just fun. He was a good teammate. And, and, and talk about the best, maybe the best bench coach in the game in Nancy, his beautiful wife. And they're just, they're just good salt of the earth type people, man. Most definitely. De- definitely one of the favorite people that I have in my life. And, you know, if I ever have any problems, I can, I know I can call either one of them up and, and they'll be in here for me. Yeah. So they're, they're great human beings. I love it. Love it. Love that, man. What What did you learn most about yourself from, you know, your time in the hospital and you said you made some changes. What What did you learn? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's funny, man. I was, um, you know, I was a long time, long time educator. I, I had the opportunity. Um, I, I worked in, um, minor league sports. I don't know if you and I've ever talked about that. I, I had a chance to, my very first professional job was with uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers and, and working in minor league baseball for an amazing guy named Bob Romero. And I started, you know, one of the things for me is I started reflecting on the things I really liked, the things that I really wanted to, you know, maybe change about yourself. And, you know, where, where, what are some areas that you wanted to? 
the thing I couldn't believe was how many people and connections over 25 to 30 years of friendship. And why does it take, why does it take a near death, a death, a wedding, a graduation? Why does it take something big in people's lives to reconnect? And so, and you know, my social media, I do a lot of posts, whether it's Twitter, LinkedIn, sometimes on Facebook, I'll, uh, you know, I'll post different quotes and just motivational quotes. And I started having people just reaching out and saying like, Hey man, I really appreciate your, you know, putting those things out. Well, part of it used to be kind of for myself, kind of as daily reminders and like, what's my daily, what's my daily scope. And like, what's one of my, what's one of my quotes that I want to put out there and what, but I started figuring out that I was helping and impacting adults. Like I was in the kid business, but even on social media. And so I started kind of reflecting on what are the things I can do. And, and the, I came up with a common theme through that process of how do I support people? How do I serve people? And how do I inspire people? And so for myself as, you know, a longtime principal and educator and such, I, I started thinking, how can I go through this process and start impacting people in a way to bring out their best like because there's a lot of people that just kind of get into a spiral of depression and and challenges and and it shouldn't take a big major event of maybe losing a parent or losing something in their life or something that how do you motivate people and so i came up with that common theme and my my you know daily daily goal is just to try to serve support and inspire others my my know my daughter um, she had a hard time through COVID because she's a social butterfly. She has mm-hmm. to see her friends, has to see the teachers, you know, trying to learn over a computer yeah. screen was not the easiest thing. Right. And then to get the help that she needed to understand it, it wasn't, I, I don't believe it was the teacher's fault, but they're trying to learn how to teach through a computer mm-hmm. screen too. And I know she had a lot of 100%. frustration, a lot of depression set in anxiety. And then it's like, Boom! Now you're back in school, guys. Now, now let's get right back to where we were before COVID. And I, I th- it was right. a lot. It was so much on my kids. I, I can't even imagine what How, they were actually going through. Well, and and let's look at it from your side of things. So, you know, I, I I've always one of the things I've really appreciated about you, Kevin, is you know you are you are an incredible baseball man. You you do things with integrity. You surround yourself with. You know, your Spokane Hawks guys are just solid dudes. You surround yourself with good people. But the one thing I really loved about playing with you and, and just being around you is you as a father, man, you were committed. And, and it's hard. I mean, Saturdays you're doing double dips. And, and for you, you know, you're kind of obviously that you're the stud that, of, of a team a lot of the time where you're catching, you're pitching, you're doing a lot of things. And you made a priority to your kids, man. And I always appreciated watching you as a father. Um, and, and even a story like that. And I think that one of the, the, I think the unsung heroes to COVID were the parents at home trying to figure out the technology, trying to figure out the accountability. And literally I had parents, you know, asking, you know, about how do I, how much should I send my kid outside for like recess or, you know, like how do I need a break? And, and parents were the unsung heroes. Teachers are amazing. Teacher assistants, the paraeducators, the nurses, the counselors, all of them are amazing unsung heroes. And there were some times, and I, and I believe this, that in crisis, leadership is revealed. Regardless of what industry it is, regardless of whether it's on the baseball field or not on the field or whatever it may be, leadership's revealed in crisis. And, and I loved watching how many parents just built confidence over, you know, especially that August, even from even the last year, from the end of last year to 
building the confidence and then they were talking technology and I'm not a huge technology guy, but just watching the confidence levels. And, um, you know, I know you spent some time, uh, in community college over at uh, big Bend, and you know, the demographics of kind of central and, and Eastern Washington. And I, I'm in a, you know, I'm in, a, in an environment where we have about 90, 90% of our, our families speak Spanish only at home. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's one of the largest schools and, and, and watching some of those parents and their confidence levels, it meant the world to me, just watching them because they were connected to their kids and we've never as educators been closer, but I do feel for somebody like your daughter, my daughter is a social butterfly. Um, she was, she was dying too, just like you, man. And just like her. And so, but my son, dude, that guy could quarantine till uh, 2028 and be happier than the big and mud. His grade skyrocketed. Dude, that guy's the quarantine. He is the quarantine champion. I mean, like that guy's, that guy's, and he's, you know, he's doing extremely well and he's going to, you know, head to college in a year. And, and, uh, but, but, you know, it, it depends on the kid, depends on the family. But I, I can't thank parents like you and the work that you do with your kids and, and the efforts that, that parents like you are making. We, uh, you know, you have to, as a parent, you got to kind of, back off a little bit knowing what their pressures were going through because it's easy to say just get your work done just hurt I don't want to hear your excuses just get your work done you've got to remember that they're giving their all you know you should know your kid well enough to know that that either they're putting in the effort or they're not so is what I did with my kids is we stopped we had a drop dead time of you know 6 6 30 and then we played what I put together called mm-hmm. Lambo games. We either played Jeopardy, we played Trivial Pursuit, we played. Um, I, I set up it, a dude. I set up a, a sniper rifle course with a Nerf gun and a like a long gun. Um, we did poker just to just to break it up. You know, we're stuck in home. I love that. And then at so then we kept points. And then, uh, and then at the end of the week, they, whoever won got to pick whatever the dessert was for, you know, a Friday after dinner. So, so that's what we did to help kind of break. And they look forward to what are we playing tonight? I love that, man. That's all about family. So I got to ask you then, man, I know it's a reverse it a little bit. Tell me about like who kind of motivated you. Like, did you have a parent? Did you have a teacher? Who was somebody that like when you're building that and get, kind of creatively putting that together, who kind of, who could help you? Like who's, who's someone in your mind that you, you thought of when you were building something like that? Um, I don't know if I had a, a teacher that, you know, led me to that direction. It was just, I, I might've just yeah. heard it on a podcast or something, but one teacher sure. that I absolutely adore, there's, there's two of them. Um, Mark Hoffman uh-huh. of uh, Clarkston high school. Uh-huh. He was a history teacher and I love history. Right uh, just how he taught, how he, how he was able to connect to all the students, how he was trying, how he made the, right. the, the classes relatable to you, I think was more important than just throwing up, history on the board and us writing it down on a piece of paper. Uh, the other guy was coach. Okay. You know, coach Curtis was my baseball coach in oh, high school. Sure. Um, you know, taught me how to mm-hmm. drag a field, how to take care of a field, taught me the lessons right. of baseball on out on the out of the field. So taking what you learn as a man and putting it to use in real life. So just how to compose yourself, Dude, how to that. conduct yourself. And I failed a lot. And they were lessons that I had to learn the hard way, but it's, it's like, you know, you get into a situation now and it just, he kind of just pops in your head a little bit saying, you might want to do this. 
So, and he's not with us today. Love he's, that. He's, he's looking up above, but or he's looking down on us. We're looking up above, but you know, he's he's still a major impact in my that. life. So he was the type of guy that would keep your feet on the ground, but still reach for the stars type guy. Def, definitely. And his, he's got awesome kids, uh, Carolee and Brandon. Awesome. And, and I know his, when his anniversary date comes up and you know, it's Facebook floods again with all of his uh, memories and posts about him. Yeah. So it's a, it's a tough day, but it's huh. a good day to, you know, look back on him and how he kind of touched everybody. Well, look at the impact though he did on, on on a guy like you, who you know you're you're still leading and he still impacted you. I mean, you know, oftentimes coaches and teachers, you know, they're not going to make a ton of money, but they their their commission check is exactly what you're talking about right now. You're you're providing the commission check for that guy. I mean, that's that's something he impacted, and he's he's impacting your own kid, even though your kids may have never met him. Your your kids are being impacted by by a guy like that. So. And, and you carry yourself. I mean, you think about it all the time, probably when you, when you step across the line, you, you're coaching, you are you know, playing or whatever it may be. So that's, I love hearing stuff like that. Cause those are the type of educators that impact people for a lifetime. And definitely. Um, and you're, you're kind of what you're doing now being a, a motivational speaker. Where does, where does that influence come from? Well, so, you know, that's funny, man. I, I, I was super blessed, man. I, I was, um, I've been, you know, I've, I've had some buildings, uh, when I say buildings, when I was been a principal in some different locations and I, I was super blessed to have some really talented teachers and really talented, uh, teacher assistants. And, um, I, I, in 2016, I started getting a little sniff of things and I started doing this one, which you'll get a kick out of, man. I, I did this one where it's uh, don't judge a book by its cover. And so I would go into, primarily I went into middle schools. I was in uh, like 130 some odd middle schools in one year. Um, I'd go in, I'd dress down as a full gang member. I would go in and I, I, and you're sitting here going, dude, you're like a balding 40 something year old (laughs) white guy. And I know, dude, I get it. I'm I'm working through it. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, yo. And so I would, you know, (laughs) I would jump into this, like, I'd be gang membered out. I would have the bandana. You couldn't see my hands. You couldn't see anything. And so I'd go in there and do the first part a little bit in Spanish, broken Spanish, usually pretty bad Spanish. Um, I'd go out there, and and I would basically tie this whole entire presentation, and, and then I would kind of de-robe or undress in front of the kids, which that sounds weird, and that, that didn't come out right, but on a podcast, it's probably good, good viewership. <laughs> anyway, I would – rope and I would have my shirt tie you know you know here I am a balding dude and I would talk about like how people judge a book by its cover what they see what they say you know what what a person looks like what their what their snapchat looks like what's their instagram look like what are the things that they're doing and I I was like I was so sold on this because there are so many kids hurting that there's the, the the bullying aspects and so that was how it really started and then I started I wrote an article. Um, I wrote an article for a principal magazine way back in the day, and I had just our t- our school and myself actually had been in, I got individualized awards at the state and national level, and I wrote this article called "The Cards Are Dealt." And I started thinking, all of us, you, myself, any of us, any of your guys, any of your best friends, we're all dealt cards, and and it's all about how you play your cards, and and you can either have a really positive attitude and say, "I'm going to make the best of it." 
And so I would go talk about the cards you're dealt. And this was a big presentation. And, and this was the one that really put me kind of on the map a little bit was, you know, who are your diamonds in the rough of your organization, of your team, of your whatever it may be? Who are, you know, who, you, who who's the heart of your organization? Who are the heart people? And then, you know, those diamonds in the rough and the hearts, and you start thinking, okay. And then, like, you start thinking, like, who don't you want to get clubbed by? And like, who, who are the people that can club you behind your back? And how do you handle gossips? And how do you handle negative press? And how do you ne- handle negative things? And then the last one, I could never come up with Spade. So I did a whole routine on David Spade, who of course is Joe Dirt. You mm-hmm. got to keep on keeping on. And uh, that joke might be a little bit dated, but it, they got the point. And that was more for adults. And I did that with adults. And so I did that for a couple of years. And then, of course, COVID hit. And, you know, I went from uh, having the opportunity to impact, um, you know, well into six figures of people and and uh, having a lot of opportunities to go all over the country and present. And uh, then, you know, I had a chance to kind of get back and, and be with uh, K-12 kids. And, and I've loved being around kids. But what it did is it, it brought out the writer in me. And so I did a lot of writing and a lot of journals and research. And I started falling in love with, listen, Test scores, test scores don't mean anything. That's a number. Don't label a kid with a number. Don't label a kid of what they look like. And I'm all about just saying, hey, does a kid have power? What's the family situation like? Do they have food? How do we find, how do we help kids? How do we help the family? And so I started brokering and partnering with a lot of schools and how, how to set up programs like that. And so uh, just trying to impact their individualized communities. And and so that's been that's been something that's really, really been big. And then even my daughter and I took it to a homeless approach and we called it the PB and J project, which was we we wanted to impact it was a pillow, a blanket, and, and we were like the P and the the P and the B and people like PBJ like peanut butter, right? And I'm like, no. And then the 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 J was the journey. So we would get homeless people a pillow, a blanket, and then we would set up the journey and and give a motivational quote, maybe maybe a spiritual quote, and and we just started falling in love with that. And we did that, and and that's kind of been something. It's not anything we promote. Uh, we have an outside fund guy that funds it, and we just have enjoyed impacting our our, our different communities, um, all the way from L.A. to Spokane. And. It- I'm I'm assuming that you felt that there was a need for this being an educator, being a principal, you felt like there was something missing. Is that where is that how this yeah, started? Yeah, I just Yeah, I think so. I mean, like I I fall I I it, we we call it cell, which is like social emotional learning. And I I've never I've never been a data guy. I don't need to get into test scores and and labeling a child with a test score. My thing was Every kid is a kid. Every kid's going to learn different. Like if I have little Kevin in Clarkston and, and you're a fifth grade kid, I can guarantee you when you were a fifth grade kid, you loved baseball. You probably loved all three sports. You probably love sports. So I'm going to teach to the learner. Like I'm going to learn everything I can about Kevin. And right next to Kevin is going to be somebody that's into music. And how do I, how do I teach that learner who loves music? And so we, and so I just started taking that that mantra and taking it on the road and really enjoying that process of how, how do we motivate people. And it's unfortunate that COVID happened, but I'll tell you, I mean, like, you know, the pandemic impacted all of us. I, can, I, I know it impacted all of us. I mean, there's probably guys, uh, you know, your close friends and family, but we could either look at it as half glass, you know, full or half empty. And, and, and for me, I, I always look at it half full and how, how do we 
find the best and the silver lining in a situation. Yeah, I'm that guy as well. I, I don't like focusing on the negative because I think people who focus on the negative of everything just drags their self, drags themselves down personally, and not 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 to cut, not to you know bash a person like that, but their outlook on life is not good. <laughs> they, you know, you've got to have a positive you outlook. Know, you've got to have goals. You got to try to be reaching for something. And if you I have that, that ER, that Eeyore, you know, uh, from Winnie the Pooh, you have that Eeyore yeah, mentality. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're just sinking into a hole. Love that, man. It's Eeyore or Tigger. Which one are you going to choose? And, and, you know, I think Kevin, that may have been one of the reasons why you and I actually connected as, as teammates at one point that I think we both, saw we, there were times where you know a team might be going a little bit sideways or something but i think you and i always had a mentality like hey we could do this now you're you're 10 years younger and you have a whole lot of skills and you, you still have the ability to do cool things man but i loved i loved how you went to the went to the, the to the yard as a teammate and you had that mentality you led uh, with a really positive and that's why you your your team the hawks have had some success obviously i mean you've you've built that and instilled that and modeled that and i love that and i'm sure you're doing that for your kids too trying to you know and it's making them you know they're on their own path and it's you know they don't want to they don't want to do what dad tells them to do they want to figure things out for themselves so you just lay a couple breadcrumbs right. out and right. hopefully they follow the path and and we'll all get through life together peacefully right. This segment is brought to you by Dry Fly Distilling, handcrafted award-winning spirits. The outdoors are calling. They said bring more Dry Fly. Check out their bottles of whiskey, bourbon, vodka, and the canned cocktails, the -the on-the-fly packable cocktails, as well as their merch. Get on dryflydistilling.com to check out all of their amazing products. (laughs) Easier said than done, man. There's no... There is no playbook to the parenting, man, but it's fun to, it's fun for us to try to figure it out. Yeah. You know, and all three of my kids, they're all different. My, my oldest Mm -hmm. is, my oldest is in, is she's in Miss Independent. She will do everything by herself. She will, she needs no leadership, no guidance on how to do things. And then when she fails, (laughs) she, she will, she will, you know, go at it a different way to make it successful. But she doesn't want to hear your stories about, I already went through this. I can help you. I can guide you. She doesn't want to hear that. My other daughter, she's just, she's one gear. And it's, she just goes and she does her thing. And, you know, when it comes time to learning, she just kind of wants to learn her way and her speed. And that's it. My son, my baseball son, he is go, go, go. He's got 19 different things going at the same time. He cannot sit down in his chair. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's trying to multitask. Love it. And, and he's, that's how I was. That's awesome though. So, (laughs) but you know, the, the thing that, the thing that I have to credit you, man, is there's a lot of parents that try to cookie cutter their kids and, and you, what you just said, and this is, if any any dads or moms are listening here on on you know I, I love where your where your head's at. You're basically recognizing I'm recognizing that these are the the talents of my kids, these are the skills of my kids, and I'm not going to try to change them. I'm just going to keep get being there for them. But that's that's a great parenting technique of you've recognized it, 
you validated them, you validated how genuine they are. And, and you, you know, they may listen, they may not, but I will tell you, there's different chapters. I, I'm a little bit ahead of you, obviously, with age and, and parenting, because uh, my kids are older. And it's amazing, man, how much they develop from like fifth to ninth, and then ninth grade to 11th grade. And then all of a sudden, they become this adult in college. And you're like, what just happened? Like, that now you're starting to become friends with your kid, which is awesome. You know, it's just it's the best thing in the world. So yeah, I was, I, you know, my daughter, she's a freshman this year. Well, she's a sophomore now, I guess we're in summer break. And I remember right. that change that I had from my freshman. Well, I was, I was also working full-time too, which is different from today's, you know, a lot of kids don't have that full-time job. So, right. uh, you know, because they don't have the transport, they don't have the urge to get transportation. They don't, you know, it's, it's just, it's different. And I've been working since I was 12. Right. So, I mean, it was, as soon as I was, 12, 13, we had a lawnmower business. We had all of our lawns. We had, you know, that's what we did. Uh, As soon as I was uh, 14, 15, 16, I was working for my dad. And there's no harder boss on you than working for your dad. So that was my. What'd your pops do then? uh, He, he, uh, you know, truck driver by trade. Cause he is, you know, second generation, okay. third generation. And, yeah. and he, he yeah. owned a, he was vice president of a trucking company and we had a warehouse with it. And huh. my job was a variety of things, uh, working at the port of Lewiston, the shop for the trucking company, and then at the warehouse itself. So my, my wow. work ethic comes from trying to impress my dad, trying to do what my dad did, trying huh. to work harder than my dad. And there's a line in Top Gun where uh, Maverick's dad huh. died. You know, he's he's passed on. He's he's dead. Yeah. And he says, "Is this why you're always second best up in the sky?" And I and I can relate to that because I always tried to outwork my dad, wow. and I never could. Even today, that guy still out out outworks me, and it bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> That's. You know what's cool though, man? You still got your pops with you, and you can still it's it, it, you know. And you were talking about goals, man. I love what you said about goals. I came up with this though, man. You know, people have dreams, they have goals, and I I know, and I and it's not like I came up with it, but I mean, there's a lot of people that that share this. There's some there's some research on it. It's never about the goal; it's about the habit. What are my daily habits? Like what you're what you're going through with your health right now? It's like one of those things where your, your habits right now are going to be critical on as hard as it is, your discipline. And like discipline for me is so hard. I mean, they put me on this steroid when I had the COVID and it was a horrible, you know, it's, it sucks because you gain only in uh, Willie, Jeff Williamson and I were talking about, you know, how much weight you can gain on this steroid with prednisone. And it, it's one of those things where like the discipline the, and, and the habits, and it doesn't matter you and I and, and everybody else, when when we were younger and, and, and playing at high high competitive level, that's that thing where habits are far more important than a goal because it's a daily action, it's an hourly action, and I truly believe that. I, I love goals. Um, anytime I coach a team, I mm-hmm. have them write down what yep. are your goals. I don't care if it's just getting love out it. of bed. I don't care if it's making sure that your shoes are tied. I want some <laughs> goals. And then it, then it breaks yeah, down that. into baseball. You know, that, that's the, that's the athlete. I've always been a goal guy. Um, even now my goal, I have three podcasts going. My goal is to make sure that I have a podcast out on the date that Crazy. it's supposed to go out 
and make sure I have quality shows, make sure that I'm learning is number one, (laughs) you know, learning how to just make a better show. Yeah. And then I want to grow. I want to be bigger. I want, I want to do more ad reads. I want to make money from it, you know, and that, that will come, you know, but go ahead. That's, you know, and that you, you have, I love that about your, you've got like that growth mindset, your growth mindset right now is you're, you're like, I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to do this. I, I keep saying it, the harder you work, the luckier you will get. And so it, that's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. My, my son and I do a, we do a baseball card podcast, which is my favorite one to do because we do one pack. Oh my gosh. We do one pack of baseball cards from when you and I were kids and then we do a pack of today's. I so love this so we just, much. We open it up and we see what's in the pack and then we just talk about I the cards and the players and this. then that's it. It's a 15 minute show and it's, I love uh, it. You know, I, you know, I, I get, this is so cool, man. I, I can't believe I'm saying this publicly on a podcast, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, I got together last Wednesday. I had one of my closest, closest friends growing up and, and college friends. And he, he, he played some college ball too. And he, uh, he came into town and we have been going to this wiffle ball park since we were kids, man, since we were like kids. And like, we talk baseball cards still. And we, neither one of us are, are collecting actively. We, but we know anything from like 1978 all the way to, all the way to probably 92. Like we know those cards inside and out. I mean, we, we, we could tell you what the front looks like. We could tell you, you know, what the stupid joke is on the back or whatever the stat is. I mean, we talked about that and we're both George Brett freaking huge fans of George Brett. But um, we, we actually went to the Whipple ball park, man. I, and I'm like, this was the, like, we went down there and we had, we, we was myself and two other guys and we went down there and had a great time. And we're like, we're pushing 50 and we're in a wiffle ball park. Nothing made me happier, Kevin, and you're going to love this than watching a 50 year old man from Arizona knocking on the door of a lady's house to try to get the ball back. I was like, <laughs> this is the dumbest yet best, best moment of, of my two, uh, 2021 right now. And we just did it because we talked about it when I was in COVID. They're like, dude, we got to get, we got to go back to the yard. We got to go back. And he came down or he came up to, uh, from Arizona. And then we roped in our boys from tri cities and we, we had fun and it was like, it's harmless fun. And the, you know, it's the best little ballpark in, in you could ever imagine. We grew up on it and it's still there. It has the outfield fencing, like the, uh, the protective fencing, the plastic on the top of the fence line that we put up literally 30 years ago and it's still there and it's it's just just awesome man it's just a piece of history yeah man do you know who jason repco is uh yeah hanford Uh, i coached against jason and he hit three hit three bombs because my pitcher kept throwing three one fastballs and obviously uh he didn't realize jason repco was going to be a pro player before that time yeah jason repco is a he's a good dude Uh, we've had him on the podcast twice on the hot cast one podcast oh nice We've played softball together, which is how he and I met. And then uh, Albert has played against him as well. You know, and all my, you know, Jerry Gomez knows, knows him really well. Yeah. He has a wiffle ball park in his backyard. Still right now, right now, right now. And he, him and his son, they go out and they do home run derbies. It's a legit, he's got foul poles. It's like, it's like one, 200 down the lines. It's awesome. He's he's sent pictures That's to awesome. us, and he, I think he's got them on his Facebook page as well. But 
Yeah, uh, and, oh and so God. that I mean, you, we want to talk about goals. A wiffle ball I field in my that. backyard is a goal. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Repco could swing it, man, and he played. He played big boy ball. He he got a, a pretty. Uh, I mean, he got the sniff with the Dodgers. I mean, like the big club with the Dodgers, correct? Yep, he was with the Dodgers for. Th- Three yeah. years, and then he went to Minnesota, and then he finished up with uh, Boston. Oh, he did. Okay, I didn't know about the Boston sound. I, I know he got a sniff back with the the Twins, man. I've heard he's a good dude. Actually, my buddy, who uh, another baseball guy who owns the Town Crier and a uh, little bar in uh, Richland, walked in. We had a, a long repco conversation because his, his jersey's still hanging up in the in the bar, and we were talking talking about repco and. And that whole that era that you you're pretty you're closer obviously in age and I I had just started doing scouting in 1999 where we had 26 if we had 26 kids drafted from Eastern Washington I think it was 98 99 and you know there were that was the Garvey era from Moses Lake and that was the Cooper era and and uh, some of those guys that were just you know just studs Jared Jones out of Walla Walla and um, that whole in Repco. Repco's a little older than I think that crew, but nope. man, I'll tell you Same. what, that, that uh, kid he might've been a year older. Good dude. Yeah. A year or two older. Was he 98 or 90, 97 maybe uh, or something? something yeah, like that, make, yeah. Oh, 90, my, yeah, that might've been right. But yeah, I mean, that's uh, I've heard he's just a solid, solid guy. Another guy down there. It's got a batting cage is, uh, and, and a little older than you was Marvin Bernard, um, who played at LC state. Yep. I actually watched Marvin the, play uh, in San Francisco. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. He was a stud for the, he was a stud for the giants for a number of years, man. Yeah. So, we, uh, I know him stuff. from LC cause that's where, that's my hometown is Clarkston. Okay. And okay. That's right. Yeah, and, of course. And that's so right. I was down there watching the giants Cardinals when McGuire was there, the, the, they walked McGuire, yeah. you know, and the, and the home team, the giants home fans were booing <laughs> their pitcher for not throwing to him. Right. So Mar- Marvin Bernard gets <laughs> up. Awesome. It's a tie ball game. I have to go to the bathroom. I am done holding it. So I sprint to the bathroom. <laughs> Marvin Bernard gets up. Boom. Two run home run game winner. It's to my back as I'm running up the stairs. Oh my God. Uh, dude. So that's, oh, that was a good, man. he was a good that's player. Good Cause I remember him at LC. He was a good player. Yeah, what were yeah, you playing days yeah, like? Yeah, I think uh, with like against him. No, you just just you in general. How, where did where did you play at? So, so I I came out of uh, I was a Yakima product, and then I went over to um, Columbia Basin. I, I had a chance to go play uh, at Eastern. I signed I signed at Eastern Washington. This is nineteen ninety, and in ninety. Um, Unfortunately, Jim Wassum Sr. was the head coach, and uh, literally on Cinco de Mayo, I get a phone call that they said that they are discontinuing Eastern, and that was the old, like, I think it was the Pac-8 back then, and so Eastern was playing, like, with the U and Wazoo and that whole crew, and then, uh, so I didn't really, I I couldn't hit a left-hander, still can't, as you know that, Um, couldn't hit a left-hander to save my life, and uh, so I ended up going over to CBC and had had a great little run there. And then I actually was going to go uh, play at Portland state or, you know, I didn't really know where I wanted to go. And so I ended up, I wanted to play every day. And so I had a chance to go down to uh, Eastern Oregon. And then um, I finished up, I got a, a sniff in some pro independent ball 
and uh, had a chance to go play uh, go play in a, an independent league for uh, for nine hundred and twenty dollars. I you know that's a that's a monster signing bonus, isn't it? And uh, so I you know I ended up running. I could run a little bit. I could go get the ball in the gap. But uh, you know the the breaking balls and some of those things are just godly. And um, I put myself on the map a little bit with stolen bases and had some had some uh, success there. But it, you know I just enjoyed the game, man. I loved the game. I loved the clubhouse. I love the guys. I think that that's the number one thing I miss. I miss playing, but I really miss the clubhouse. And I and I think a lot when you talk to a lot of ex players, I think they realize years later that that was the one thing that they really truly miss is just the dugout and just uh, enjoying the time on the field and being together. Definitely. And I'm that guy as well. And that might be why you and I click really well is because I'm a clubhouse guy. Probably. I, I yeah, yeah, miss probably. being back in, in University of Jamestown because we had like a center complex there where yeah. you know, the high school team, the Legion team had a clubhouse, the, my college team had a clubhouse, and then both the amateur teams, right. the Elks and the Merchants, had a clubhouse. And ba- Jamestown's a baseball town, okay. so everybody would come to the park, and we would right. just hang out and talk and tell stories and go play wiffle ball out on the field, and right. and it was a family. Love it. And I I miss right. that. That is one thing I wish if I could bring something from Jamestown to here, it is to have that environment for all the players in our league, um, to just to experience and to have and to have that spot where. There's no, there's no pressures. There's no drama. There's no nothing. It's just you and your yeah. friends down there at the ball field hanging out. And I, I really connected with the angels who we played on Saturday with what happened to me. A lot of them came over yeah. and they were, they were very concerned. And I hate that I had to put them in, in that position, uh, you know, mid game like that. Yeah. Um, well- but they were right there. I mean, there was three or four of them. Uh, Jared Starr prayed with me before before I left, and yeah, I got text awesome. messages all day long. And, and the next day, hey, how are you doing? Just wanted love know, that. Want an update? You know, awesome guys. And that's how our league is. You know, we're competitive, but we are. Yeah, it is. We're we're a small family, so I I love the guys that we play against, and definitely my guys, my Hawks. I well, I couldn't ask for better guys. You got a great group, man, and I, you know, I was I was super blessed to go in and and, and meet uh, the primarily, you know, the the Iron Pigs were primarily law enforcement guys, and how the heck they stumbled on on me, I have no clue. I, I know I played in that 18s league, you know, 15 years before I moved back to Spokane and then moved around a little bit, but uh, um, there are just good humans, and I will tell you that Angels team. I mean, aside, there are some great ball players on that team. Um, but even better, there's some just great dudes, and and I I appreciated your Hawks team, the class that you guys possess, and 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 again, you know, being a lot older than a lot of you guys, I just enjoyed, you know, I I know I remember sitting talking to Murph and talking to some of our, you know, <laughs> you know Kenny and a couple of these guys that were older, we just enjoyed being at the field. We didn't care, like our days, our competitive days, we're still competitive, but we didn't have that, you know, we're not, we're not 38. We're not, we're not 28. We don't even get that opportunity, but dang, it feels good when you freaking make contact on your number one. You know what I mean? It, oh, yeah. it feels good to put a lay something to the, lay something to the gap. And you, you know, you're sitting there going, how the hell did you freaking do that? And I look back and go, I have no idea how I hit that, you know, <laughs> but you guys have guys that are just good ball players. You guys have great guys and you have good humans. And, and I, I, I've always respected, um, the teams that both those, the Angels and the uh, the Hawks have put together because you just got good people, man. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I'll, I'll definitely, hopefully they listen to the podcast and they hear that as well. 
Crave Eats, Drinks, and Nightlife. That's our mid-roll read for this show. I just left there, had a bacon cheeseburger, and I had those cauliflower bites I was talking about earlier with the buffalo seasoning and the beer batter breading on the outside. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. I've had buffalo bites before with the cauliflower, and they these are so much better. You will not be disappointed with these. Try them out. Say hello to Jacob and the staff. Uh, great food and drink specials all week long. Happy hour all day Sunday, as well as a free poker tourney every Thursday and Sunday. Uh, each winner gets a gift card for Crave. Check it out. Crave Eats, Drinks, and Nightlife. Yeah, man. For sure. Um, for sure. You you for had sure. mentioned when you were sick, you kind of went into athlete mode mentally. Um, and that's yeah. the, okay, yeah. you gave me 30 days. I'm not, I don't have 30 days. I still have 30 years. How do you translate right. that athlete mode into now your, your daily living as you go on? Um, you know, there is a, there's a, there's a business quote and I never knew until I literally didn't know this until I got sick. Um, I have always heard this term iron sharpens iron. And I am uh, very, very close to a guy. He runs the uh, uh, RLR, which is Randy, Randy Russell, who's the superintendent at Freeman. And he and I, we talk often, we talk a couple you know, a couple times a week. Uh, Randy Russell was a, a very, very close friend through this process. And we talk about iron sharpens iron. And so for myself, I had no idea that this was actually a spiritual, uh, um, uh, it's biblical from Proverbs. And so I started thinking, how can the iron sharpen iron? What can I do? And I was literally at the back end of my, my recovery. I'm literally talking to NAC nurses or, or, or nurses assistants. And I'm sitting there going, hey, have you thought about being a nurse? Have you thought about going this route? I talked to a PA and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like trying to motivate people. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm motivating everybody else but myself. Like, figure it out. Like, get your book done. Like, figure out how to write this book. Get it done. Get this book and, and start really looking at how you can impact some other people. And so for me, in that in that 30 day versus 30 year, you know, it's your own 30 for 30, so to speak, that I, you know, I, I started coming up with, you know, different components of what can I keep doing to motivate? How can I keep helping? But I needed to turn it on myself and I needed to start saying, okay, if I'm doing this and I'm saying it, I can't just have advice. I need to start living it. I need to start living in that aspect. And and Randy and I talked about it. Randy wrote an incredible, and he just finished the second book um, called The Three Ships. And the three ships are leadership, uh, relationship, and partnerships. And I started really diving into that on, on aspects of leadership and trying to figure out how I can lead. But I can't, I got to start modeling self-care. And I li- literally figured out I am awful. I'm great with my kids, and, I, and I'm really good with putting time into my, my job. But I was not remotely focused on my own self-care and so that was that was by far without question the number one motivator and 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 i'm like okay these are areas like where are you at i mean matthew mcconaughey has a great youtube uh clip about you know how are you doing in in this area of your life whether it's spiritual whether it's your relationships whether it's you know your kids whether it's your professional and i started being really reflective on what's my pie chart look like my pie chart's got to be bigger than just being a good dad and, and, and a workaholic, you know, and how do I start getting better at those things and what's my self care and what's healthy for me 
for both myself and what am I modeling for my kids and what am I, what am I, how am I, how am I supporting my friends? And I've never been closer to my core of friends. Like I, I couldn't believe like Facebook and, and Twitter and LinkedIn, just people reaching out to me through this process. And I'm like, it's not going to take a long, you know, it's not going to take something major to continue collaborating, having these friendships and, and, and sustaining these friendships. So you re- learned real quickly, you know, who's in your corner and who should I reach out to? And so it was awesome being able to now help other people a month later into it, like people, other people reaching out and going, Doug, Hey, my grandfather's going through COVID or my, my wife's going through it. What can I do? And, and that was the connection. And I was like, maybe this was the whole point of me. I got a chance to reconnect with, with the relationships from 20, 30 years ago. So that's, that's what, that's the best way for me to paint that. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of energy wasted on people who you're trying to create to have or make in, in to keep them into your life instead of focusing on the ones right. who want to be in your life and are right there in front of you. And I've had to learn that. Right. And, you know, you, you kind of lose your, you know, you, I don't know if it's a, if it's, well, they're the popular kids. I want to, I want to be in that group. I don't know if you want to go back to high school and say that right. of, of, I want to be in that right. click, but maybe yeah. a little bit is that's, yeah. that's what it is. I want to be with the cool kids. So, you know, the people that are right here, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of tiptoeing away just to be with the, the cool kids and you're putting in a lot of effort that they right. don't deserve when you've got your core right here and they've always been there. And I, right. you know, had right. learned, learned things the hard way. So, I, you know, able to, to get reconnect with those friends that I had kind of lost contact with and, and, you know, reestablish friendships that. and, and, you know, the good stuff that comes around from, from being with those people that know you. And then now we get to reconnect and you Love get that, to know man. them again. So, so we, I think we all go through that a little bit uh, as we get older and wiser. Yeah. I think it's a reflective component. And I, and I think, I, you know, what you said, man, when you said, Hey, I've got the three podcasts you've, you've got, you're, you're trying to grow, you're trying to learn your growth mindset that, you know, how many people do we both know that don't have that at, at their age and they're saying, well, I'm this, if you think you're old, you're old. If you don't think you're old, you, you think you're, I mean, I'm still ADHD as I was when I was 12. You are too. I know you, I've been around you. You, you, you have as much energy as anybody. And it's just how do we how do we contain it? How do we energize? How do we how do we keep moving and, and moving forward? And and when I fail, I want to fail often, but I want to keep leaning forward. I want to move forward. And so those are some of the components that for me, uh, I think that it, I've had some success, um, both you know from the professional standpoint, but from the dad standpoint. And that's when I when I reached that point this spring, I was like wait a minute, I've got to get better in these areas. I need to reach out. I mean, I can't just take friends for granted. I can't take family for granted. And so those are the things for me. I, I really want to keep preaching and, and put in, put on, put it in literature and, and, and get something in a book or get it on, you know, in a, in an audio book or something. And, and I'm getting closer. It, it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. And I would love the opportunity to come back on one of your podcasts to help promote that just just to serve and support and inspire other people. Definitely. Um, I'm interested to know, and I don't, I don't want to get into it cause I don't want to ruin the next podcast, but I'm interested in knowing yeah, what, what are you writing? So, <laughs> and that's what interests me with Mike so, Murphy. Cause he's got three, four books yeah. out and it, uh, I have yep, all of them yep. and I'm, yep. I, I love to read because I love the knowledge. I think knowledge yeah. is power. 
sure. I suck yeah. at reading because <laughs> my mind just starts you wandering. Know, but here, you know, though, here's the thing with, and I don't know what your, I don't know what your policies are for, um, for driving. I mean, like you drive a lot of miles. I remember you were up on the Canadian border there and doing all kinds of stuff. I, I always tell people and guys that uh, that say that, and it's like, dude, get the get get an audio, get an audio. And I I, I was so motivated by this guy named Tom by um by you. It's spelled uh, B I L Y E U. And if you want to follow somebody, you don't have a mentor, and you're listening to this, follow that guy. Follow every one of his podcasts. It's it, uh, called the Impact Theory. And it, I'm telling you, Kevin, you will follow this guy. And if you haven't seen this guy, he is amazing. And the thing I love about him, he's a Washington boy. Okay. And uh, he's out of Tacoma. Um, he is, and he runs the company called The Impact Theory. He sold his company. He used to do um, Quest uh, protein bars, and he sold it for millions. And and uh, so the thing about this guy is I started really becoming real motivated. And for myself, I started this process, and I'm like, okay, I am going to write this book, and it's going to call, be called Blurred Education. And I'm going to write this thing about educators, and I'm going to do all this. I did a ton of research, and I got in about 40 pages in, and I'm like, this sucks. I don't, I'm not enjoying what I'm, writing, what I'm writing. And call it an epiphany. Call it, uh, call it a center fielder just standing in the outfield thinking too much and, and God talking to you. Call it whatever you want. I, uh, so one of the things I, I, I struggled with and I, in my last, sports bet was in 2006 and I bet on sports. I bet on basketball, baseball and everything else. And I have sponsored now almost uh, 45, 46 guys and gals that have struggled with this since 2006. And I've made this a kind of my private, um, it's my, it's my private hobby and trying to help people get through this. And I, you know, I've been a sponsor helping them through GA programs. So I have created um, a book called betting on serendipity. It is uh, almost completed. It is basically, you know, and, and serendipity is basically an unfortunate accident and you stumble on it. And so I'm basically going through this time and I'm working on this, this project. The other thing I'm working on in the motivational end is kind of living your best decade. And that's not the title of it, but it's really going to be laid out on how people, men, women of all, it is basically, it doesn't matter if you're 20 something, 30 something, 60 something you will have the opportunity to kind of lay out and I'm going to take that pie chart that we talked about. Like, where are you at spiritually? Where are you at financially? Where are you at, you know, from your investments? Where are you at with your friends? Where are you at with your relationships? And I'm basically going to talk about having the best opportunity to continue to, for you to grow. And so I'm working collaboratively on that with a couple of guys that are way smarter than me, which is cool because they are wicked smart, but they don't want, they don't have the time to put it on paper. And I'm going to try to do that. And my goal is to get that thing out uh, sometime in the next um, spring of 2022 is the goal for that one. So those are my two big projects. And then I have a children's book. Uh, my daughter and I are writing in regards to ADD and ADHD. That is very, um, it's an animated type of project that is a few, it's not very big, but it's uh, basically looking at how to teach other kids have compassion towards kids that have ADD and ADHD. And so that's my third project that I'm working on. Well, that's a lot. I know, dude. That's crazy. A, that's a lot. Uh, you know, you were, you were traveling all around doing your speaking engagements. Is, uh-huh. is your mind, you know, while you're traveling down the road, is your mind just focusing on the books or, 
is this a new a new uh, reality no, that you just kind of stepped no. in no it's it's nonstop, man it's been i just never never had the time and i never i i figured out i was always tired i was always tired i was always tired and i figured out and i've posted this on social media a lot and i've said you know i'm not it's not you're tired you're just not inspired and i needed something to inspire me and i needed this almost near-death experience with the covid situation and pneumonia i needed that for me to finally say let's step over the threshold let's make this happen and let's start let's start living your best life let's start living so when do i do it well you know what there's always time stay off of social media for 30 minutes and start writing sit down and even if you write a thousand words you write 400 words and and you get a good sentence out of 400 words you're like okay you know what i got 12 words i can work with and i can use that for tomorrow so that's basically what i do ever since I have been sick and I've been upright and now I'm like, I'm moving forward. And right now I am doing everything in my power to freaking try to motivate people with that. Where are you wanting to go with your motivational speaking? <laughs> Back to that Ooh. goals. Um, yeah, man, I'll tell you what I, when I, it's funny, when I was sitting there, I, I got a, I, I did a gig in, at Harvard in 2018, and I'm sitting here going, how did a dumb baseball player from Yakima, Washington slash Tri-Cities end up on a stage at Harvard? And I sat there and I thought, you know, anything's possible. So for me, I learned real quickly that I, it's not, you know, I enjoy doing the speaking, but that's not what my wheelhouse is. And that's not where I wanted to do. I love the coaching of people. I love coaching. I like, you know, the aspects of, I never call it life coaching uh, out of the Spokane Coeur d'Alene area. I've got like 10 clients that I'm working with just, just coaching on life. And, and, and I call it soul coaching. How do I coach your soul? You know, what are you working on? What are you going? Oh, this guy, you know, somebody's going through a divorce. Somebody's going through addiction. So someone's going through a, a horrible time in their life. Or I've got, I've got a couple of guys that are just like, dude, I can't manage this. Like I'm a single dad trying to manage child support and I'm trying to manage all that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm there, dude, I, I, let's, let's talk through it. Let's go through it together. So that is what I love more than anything. I love the writing and I love the coaching. I can go on stage. Can you make good money? Yeah. It's not ever, it's never been about money. I would have never gone into education if it was about money. I would have stayed in sports marketing and, and uh, maybe finished up a law degree, but I had no desire that money was never the object. It was about helping others. But now I'm way hyper focused. I, I truly believe you, myself, your your three podcasts, what you're doing as a father, the things that you're doing, be limitless. Like don't let any don't let somebody put a ceiling on anything that you have. If somebody says you can't, you I guarantee you, at some point in time, some coach, you know, you were probably blessed with major skills as a young kid, but you had a chance to go from like crazy numbers that you put up at Big Bend to go to a division one school and, and then have the opportunity and you're still impacting people in baseball. You're impacting your kids, you're impacting people. And that's, that's what I love. That's, that's something I respect the daylights out of you, man. I'm just trying, just trying to be a good example for the, for, you know, for my kids. And I always say my grandparents are right. looking down on me. I don't, I don't want them to go on. Right. And we, we did better than this because that would kill me. <laughs> sure. Uh, what, you know, that's, that's funny. You said that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ben. No, I was just saying, I mean, it's funny you say that because sometimes, you know, 
I, I think oftentimes we, we, we are our own worst enemy. Sometimes it's like, we're, we're trying to set that high standard and it's like, it's so hard to do that because there's, you know, it's different times. It was a different, you know, social media and the things that we go through and our kids are, our, 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 our kiddos are going through stuff on social media, Snapchat. And kind of like I was talking about with my presentation on, on uh, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. We sometimes don't know all the things our kids have to go through what we didn't have in high school or, or middle school and what your grandparents didn't have. There was a, there was a, a line of the ultimate work ethic during our grandparents' era, but they didn't have all the social pressures that we have and the things that our kids are going through. So it's all, it's all, it's a different time. It's kind of, it's kind of like saying who's better, Mickey Mantle or Mike Trout. It's a different, different set of pictures, different, different times, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. And as parents, you know, we're just trying to hang on and learn as we can. And I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about all of the electronics and all the technology that, that our kids are have right at their fingertips. And, and one of the points that one of the guys made was you can limit your child to all the technology that they use on a daily basis, but you're taking away from what they know down the road. And I said, damn, that kind of makes a little bit of sense. You don't want them in front of the screen the whole time, but if it, they're going to be able to use what they're learning now down the road. And as I didn't grow up that way. And cause I was outside. Yeah. We had video games, but we had the last version when the new version was coming out. So we, you know, we had video games, but they weren't that presence in our lives funny you said that because i remember playing you know we we play rbi baseball we play all kinds of stuff but we were you know we were i was i'm 10 years old ahead of you so the graphics sucked let's just say that mm-hmm. and i mean we love to play outside we love to play outside i mean we we it didn't matter if it was stupid football two on two four on four or you know wiffle ball was we we lived and died wiffle ball and foosball and all kinds of crazy i mean we were west just like you you're a west coast kid and that's what we did but I talked to some of my buddies, you know, in, in different aspects and stickball was huge in Brooklyn and, you know, different components of, of the things that they did on the East coast. But we, we were outside, we were active and that's not necessarily the case of some kids these days. Yeah. They don't have that, that ability to be out play in the street and, and live right. just a free life. I mean, we, uh, when I was in Montana, we grew up in mm-hmm. the middle of a wheat field. We had, we had miles to play in. Okay. And then when we moved to Clarkston, now we're in a city. So we were still able to come and go and right. ride our bikes around and, and do all that stuff. But today, and, and yeah, I've been told that it didn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's today or back then. We just didn't know about all the crazy stuff that people were doing and the sick things that people were doing because of social media, because of the news outlets. Now they break those stories out. They, you know, word gets spread a lot faster same things were happening back right, then and right. we just were blind to it, I guess. So uh, I, maybe it's on us. We should Crazy. let our kids play outside more, maybe. And, but I, I don't know. That's a, that's uh, a cross that each parent has to bear, I guess on their own. Totally. And, and, and like I said before, there's no, there's no playbook on, on parenting. I've seen, you know, family of four, you know, raise all four kids the same and, you know, three turn out amazing and one kind of goes sideways and, and have some challenges. And so we, every, all of us, you know, we, we all have been raised different ways. And, and, uh, 
I, I think parents put a lot of pressure on themselves. I, I think that uh, being a single parent is one of the toughest things. And I think maybe even more difficult is running a combo combination family. So I always, I have so much compassion for these parents that are trying to take a new relationship and then run a combination of, of putting all the kids together. And then, you know, there's, there's a ton of our kids now in schools that um, do not have a parent. I mean, there, there are situations where they, either they've been incarcerated or drugs and alcohol have taken over and grandparents are re-raising kids. And so the exhaustion on grandparents' faces, they coming in and they're talking through me, talking to me on different things. And it's like, you know, you can just, all you can do is almost give them a hug and just say, hey, hang in there. And they're like, I think I'm better at this than I was you know, 30 years ago or whatever, 20 years ago when they were raising their own kids. And you just compliment and validate. And, and I think that, any parents that are really, really struggling on, on different things, like quit putting pressure. You're the one putting pressure on yourself. Don't do that. That's, that's crazy. How can, how can people find you? How can they find your Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on, um, I'm not big on Instagram. I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I do a lot of stuff on Twitter. Uh, it's, it's Doug, uh, cap and it's K A P. So it's Doug. D-O-U-G and then K-A-P on Twitter and then on LinkedIn for business aspects or life coaching or soul coaching. I do a lot of stuff on my LinkedIn. So it's just Doug Kaplicki and it's uh, and then K-A-P L-I-C-K-Y is my last name. And then Facebook, I keep a lot of personal stuff, but I have a lot of people reach out because I'm easier to find on Facebook. And so, um, yeah, I, I would love the opportunity to connect with people and if I can do anything to help others, I am all about it. And uh, that goes for you, Kev. I, I think the world of you, man, and, and I, I respect so many of the things that you stand for, and, and I appreciate what you're doing for people, man. What is what is one phrase that you live by on a daily basis? Ooh. The harder you work, the luckier you get, man. I, I believe that to be true. Grinder. Grinding. And that's grinder, you know, man. I think yeah. that's the athlete. Grinding. Yeah. That's the athlete. There's always somebody better yeah. that you you know, when when I was in high school, yeah. we, we practiced and L C was right across the river and I was able to 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 practice with them a lot. Um, in the off season, as well as in, in mid season and coach Miltenberger loved beating up catchers. So anytime he could get, he could get, uh, uh, you know, his hands on fresh meat, he loved it. So, and, and, and I learned a lot, but it taught me to work harder. And I, you know, and that's just one thing that I've carried through work hard and the rewards will come from it of the, the work that you put in. You don't put any work, you don't get anything back. I love that. I got. I gotta ask you. I gotta ask you this. Growing up there, um, give me one. One. Give me your favorite Ed Chef story. Of course, Ed Chef, long time, long time LC State baseball coach. Give me one Chef story. Well, one thing I love about Coach Chef is they used to, if they had two guys that were even, they used to do smokers. Smokers were <laughs> boxing <laughs> matches. Yeah. So two guys yeah, would go into a ring yeah. and they, I, I don't know. Days. Yeah. I don't remember how long the, the matches were, but you kind of had to fight for your position. Three, minute, three minutes. Okay. Three minutes. Yep. So three minute, three minute rounds. It was three rounds, three rounds of three minutes. Yep. And that's how yeah, man, that's intense crazy. he was. And, and, you know, my mom and him used to mm-hmm. sit next to each other. They'd have a, a crab feed or a shrimp fest. I can't remember what it was through the church. But my mom and him would sit next to each other, and he'd he'd be like, "Hey, how's that? How's that boy of yours doing?" 
So he, it was, yeah. it was, yeah. he was a really cool guy. Lots. I would love to have him on the podcast. Unfortunately, he's not here anymore. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah. but no, yeah. I mean, a guy that can teach you about life and then baseball. Yeah, I got a chance to coach uh, one collegiate uh, collegiate league uh, with with Chef, and uh, it, it, there was nothing better than sitting in there when I didn't know my head from you know what. And I sat there, and Bobo Brayton walks in, and Ed Chef's coaching, and one of my one of my longtime mentors, the Walla Walla baseball coach, was uh, Ken Johnson. Um, you remember Kenny? And, yep. And uh, I sat there and just. I just sat there in awe and, and, of just like the conversations and it's like, know your place, <laughs> just sit there and listen. And, but I saw, I saw chef, I saw chef. I mean, I saw all kinds of stories cause we played against him and yeah, man, he was, he was as, as big of a firecracker as anybody, but there's a reason why he won. And, and uh, you know, his style probably wouldn't, wouldn't work today, but man, he, he led, he led some pretty successful teams and, and uh, led, led a lot of men to that competitive greatness too. Definitely. Definitely. And there's, you know, you go down to the Valley now and there's, there's people all over that they played baseball that have stayed there in the Valley and they hold him in very high regard. And that's how, you know, they carry what they learn from the field into them being men, them being dads, them being business owners. Right. A a baseball coach is just more than running, you know, teaching people how to hit a ball and run bases. It's the life after. Right. hundred percent. And that's kind of like we talked about, like there's aspects of the clubhouse that, you know, I, I love the humor of a clubhouse. I, I love the structure of it, but just the brotherhood of a clubhouse, but there are pieces that you are learning life one-on-one lessons. It's kind of like, you know, I, the, the, the basketball world would, would correlate, you know, some of the things that John Wooden did at UCLA. Uh, it wasn't basketball it was life one-on-one. And, and I think I was super, super blessed to not only coach with, as well as play for some incredible men that just literally painted, painted the picture for me and, and painted the road for me to move forward in life. And so I was super blessed and, and I loved coaching, but you know, there, there are, there are components of, of people that didn't get that. And I'm sad by that sometimes. Definitely. Or, or the lesson that was right there in front of them that, you know, you can, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make it drink. And there's, yeah, there's so well lessons said, like I've, so I've well played said. with, I've played with a couple of guys that that lesson was right there in front of them. And then 10 years down the road, it finally sunk in and it was too late. And right. it's, you know, now they're, they're trying to That's, dig themselves yeah. out of certain holes when that lesson was right there. And they had said, if I would have just done it, then I wouldn't be where I am today. Right. Right. For sure. For sure, man. Totally. Uh, thank you. Ah, that's good stuff, Kev. Thank you for yeah, coming man. on, man. This it has was... been great. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we'll get, yeah. To, uh, get you back on with the books. Um, I would love to yeah, have you on for time, the man. baseball card podcast and maybe get your buddy oh, with you. Dude, I Let's talk love... baseball cards. Oh man. I, oh my God. I'd love that. Thank you so much, Kev. Thanks for what you're doing. And thanks for impacting people, man. I, I appreciate people like you and just keep being an amazing dad and, and coach ball player and the things that you're doing um you're impacting people man and, and that's 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 amazing and and i appreciate our friendship and, and have an opportunity to chat today definitely stay in touch please sounds good brother i'll All talk right. to you soon talk to you soon bye see you bye 
Doug, thank you for coming on. Uh, Doug Kaplicki, everybody. You can find him at, at Doug Cap on his Twitter and uh, the LinkedIn, Doug Kaplicki, or Facebook. Uh, he's a friend of mine on Facebook. Find out what he's doing. We'll get him back on for the, the books, and hopefully you guys enjoy them. I know I'm excited. I, I Like we talked, I don't, I'm not much of a reader, but – it, I'm looking forward to, to getting my hands on those and, and just seeing what, what comes out of them. But uh, download the show, please. Give that five-star rating. Give uh, give a shout-out, man. That was Doug Kaplicki. Little extra Lambo. 